Hi, I'm Grant. You owe me a dumpling. Welcome to Grant Rants. Back in 2016, I watched this Netflix comedy special. It featured a comedian who was exactly my age and basic demographic who I had a passing familiarity with thanks to some of his viral YouTube videos and a snippet of a previous special that featured a song from the perspective of God that my friend showed me right when I got off my mission because they were sick of my bullshit. That comedian was Bo Burnham. And after watching his special Make Happy, I was hooked. You want a guy that's sweet, a guy that's tough, a feminist who likes to pay for stuff, the kind of guy that gets along with your friends without being attracted to any of them. A good boy, a bad boy, a good bad boy, a half good, half bad, half boy. Prior to 2016, Burnham had established himself as the next big thing in musical comedy. While Burnham had a knack for being introspective through a comedic lens and had some very pointed and well-thought-out things to say about the nature of performing, he mostly carried himself with his sophomoric sense of humor and the ever-so-popular edgy comedy that dominated the mid-to-late 2000s. Think your Dane Cooks, your Stephen Lynch's, or just the Wild West that was YouTube sketch comedy channels like Nigahiga or Smosh or Shane Dawson. He fit neatly in that crowd, but stood out because he had a uniquely self-aware quality to his comedy. Art is dead. Entertainers like to seem complicated, but we're not complicated. I can explain it pretty easily. Have you ever been to a birthday party for children and one of the children won't stop screaming because he's just a little attention attractor. When he grows up to be a comic or actor, he'll be rewarded for never maturing, for never understanding or learning that every day can't be about him. There's other people, you selfish asshole. So Bo wasn't just an edgelord and used a heavy dose of irony to sell his comedy. But that's about all he was to me at the time. A guy who had the occasional sparks of something special, but ultimately it was hard to shake shit like new math or I'm Bo, yo, out of my head. He was fine, but I didn't think his work was designed to age well, and it wasn't always my cup of tea. And quite frankly, a lot of Bo's humor from this time period has not aged well, and for me personally, is borderline unwatchable. So I just kind of figured that would be his trajectory, and one day he'd fizzle out once the edgy bubble burst. This is until Make Happy came out. Make Happy scratched this really specific part of my brain. Yes, it's primarily a comedy special with a lot of music in it from a guy who isn't the strongest singer in the world, but his ability to subvert expectation was mind-blowing. The way he weaved in between completely absurd, almost childish humor into sincere deconstructions of relationships, expectations, comedy itself, how society praises comics, anxiety, all of it. The closing song to this special 
which is really just a big parody of that time Kanye started ranting at a concert with his auto-tune on, is among my favorite moments in comedy history. The truth is my biggest problem's you. I want to please you, but I want to stay true to myself. I want to give you the night out that you deserve, but I want to say what I think and not care what you think about it. A part of me loves you. Part of me hates you. Part of me needs you. Part of me fears you. Bo was clearly on to something. Make Happy went on to receive critical acclaim as he was universally praised for managing to combine the absurd with his own anxieties, to make the plight of performance as globally aware person relatable. Bo's comedy became both existential and fully graspable, and he entered the comedy world as a full-blown force ready to take the genre by the throat and potentially redefine it. But then he vanished. Following Make Happy, Bo revealed this would likely be his last run of stand-up for the foreseeable future, and he instead focused on other projects and mental recovery. He cited that he would get panic attacks frequently on tour, and even in the Make Happy special, noted that his mental health was, quote, steadily declining. So Bo flexed his creative muscles in other ways. He went on to write and direct the 2018 coming-of-age film 8th Grade, again to critical acclaim, and had a heavily featured role in the Academy Award-nominated film Promising Young Woman. So that just seemed to be it for Bo as a comedian. He was now going to be a writer and actor. But if you're listening to this episode about Bo Burnham, there's no fucking way you aren't aware of what happened next. In 2021, it was announced that Bo, over the course of the year during the COVID-19 pandemic, had written, directed, starred in, and did all the technicals for a new stand-up special called Inside. A special that would feature no audience, just an hour and 20 minutes of Bo doing jokes and songs from a single room in his guest house. And it was a marvel. The special elevated Bo to the pantheon of the comedy gods, or so you'd believe seeing the critical and audience response to it. Sporting a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, Burnham would go on to win three Emmy Awards as well as a Grammy for the special, all firsts in his career. A quick YouTube search would reveal things such as Philosopher Reacts to Inside and other assorted deep dives. TikTok was dominated by highlights of the cruelty of the Amazon Corporation as Bezos One played in the background. The popular podcast Dissect devoted one of their precious seasons to a deep dive into the special. Burnham perfectly married comedy and philosophy on Inside and was able to put words and music to the modern anxieties we all were flirting with that only became exasperated during the pandemic. Bo took on capitalism, isolation, technology, social justice, and his own self-image, and audiences ate that shit up, including and especially me. On top of everything, Bo is at his peak musical performance on this special. In his earlier live specials, you were kind of asked to forgive his vocals or the lack of elaborate musical production due to the nature of the beast that is live musical comedy, but with full 
control of the wheel, Bo is able to turn out a soundtrack of absolute bangers. Even shit like this fucking slaps. Feeling in my body, way down deep inside me, I try not to fight it. Describe it. Alright, a few things start to happen, my vision starts to flatten, my heart it gets to tapping, and I think I'm gonna die. And on that same note, Burnham, whether intentional or not, created a bizarre mythos of his own life and the special itself. While the special seems to showcase an autobiographical tale of a man slowly losing his mind while working on a seemingly endless creative project, it's also important to note that Bo is still a fairly well-off white guy with a loving partner and is ultimately able to take care of himself. Bo invented a lot of inside, and blurs the line between his real life and a fictional story. But of course, hardcore Bo fans know this about him. It's the footnote under all his work, after all. As he has told us several times, art is a lie, nothing is real. Inside wound up having a lot of staying power as the pandemic progressed, and the wealthy got more cartoonishly evil. Bo's critiques only got more relevant as the year went on, which, uh... That's not great. On the anniversary of the Netflix special's release, Bo announced that he had spent the last few months editing together an hour's worth of outtakes from Inside. Outtakes that included 10 unheard songs and an entire slew of new skits and behind-the-scenes footage that never made it to the finished project. And that's what I want to talk about today. I don't want to say any of the one billion things that have been said about inside the Netflix special. I'm enamored by those outtakes, and more specifically, I want to talk about why outtakes don't make it to final projects. Look, I'm not exactly the level of performer that Bo Burnham is, but I've done my time in the creative field. I've had a good number of flubs, mistakes, or even good ideas that didn't wind up making it into things I've made in my life. That's the main definition of an outtake, a take that just flat out was taken out for any number of reasons. And I've loved the idea of getting to see outtakes for a long time. Back in the DVD days, movies and shows loved to include what was called a gag reel of actors just fucking up their lines or being general clowns, but sometimes they included outtakes. Sometimes they'd be called altered or deleted scenes or alternate scenes, but the idea was you, the viewer, now get to see another way the story could have gone. So Bo, including outtakes of something that was as seemingly personal as inside, both drives home the idea that this is more story than reality, but also that inside may not have been as much of a straight line as we thought. See, Inside follows a structure. It's unified by two main themes, socio-political critique and isolation. I know, funny stuff. But there are two most prevalent things in the special. Any song or skit you pick out of this special fits neatly into either socio-political critique or isolation, and oftentimes both. It also has a timeline as you see Bo's hair and beard get longer and scruffier, giving us the idea that each song comes along as time progresses and why the special gets darker the further on it gets. But the outtakes follow a very different course. The outtakes aren't so much interested in telling a story. I mean, why would they? They're outtakes. But what they do do is give us a look into Bo's mindset during the filming process. 
probably even more so than the original special let on. The theming here is a bit more sporadic, and I dare say a little bit more uplifting. The outtakes even have a stronger comedic leaning, especially in the skits. Many of the songs are just as catchy, if not more so, than Insides were, so why cut them all? Well, that's what I'm here to find out. I want to go over the new additions to the songs and skits specifically in the outtakes video. All the random bits of Bo setting up shots and talking to himself, while interesting, are easy to understand why they were cut. They're included here in the outtakes video because, hey, isn't it fun to see white women's Instagram without the backing track? In general, speaking from my own experience, there are three big reasons why something may be left out of a final product. One, it's not as good or fleshed out as the other parts of the project. Two, it doesn't fit thematically. Or three, it just flat out doesn't work. Those are my basic ground rules, assuming Bo is following a coherent story. I assume this because Inside is a coherent story and has a natural linear flow to it. So without further ado, let's talk the outtakes. This opens with a track named Bezos 3, but I'm going to lump in Bezos 4 on this as well because we learned that Bo wrote two entire other ditties based on Amazon mogul Jeff Bezos. These ones are pretty simple to me. The chanting Gregorian Bezos 3 and the 50s sitcom style Bezos 4 were likely considered to be the follow-ups to Bezos 1. We can make this assumption because in the filmed version of Bezos 4, he's in that swampy, grassy, camo thing we see him in during Bezos 2 in the Inside special. And if we're being totally honest, Bezos 2 just fits better. Fits the descent into madness that Bo is going for in a second act much better than 3 or 4 could. It's more fun, it's boppier, and it's a much simpler callback than the themed versions we get in the outtakes. Both great. Bezos 2 works better. Shortly after Bezos 3, it bleeds into a track called Future, which is a close-up on Bo's face as he waxes about a fictional version of himself in the future where he has a daughter and uses two-for-one shampoo and tries to figure out if he's depressed. It certainly fits the theming, but as far as where it was meant to go is a little bit trickier. The music of Future matches what we hear from what would become the song Problematic, but uh, much darker. If I had to make an assumption, I'd say this track was meant to be part of Act 2, and the minor key flip of Future would be a musical callback to the cheerier song from Act 1. The issue is problematic, and Future don't really share a lot of lyrical similarities, and if you had to pick somewhere in Act 2 to squeeze Future, it would probably disrupt the flow. Maybe it was meant to be Bezos 3 bleeds into future around where Bezos 2 was meant to go, but that's not as funny or jarring as Bezos 2. Maybe it would take the place of ATL. But come on, you can't get rid of ATL. Burnham takes full advantage of the fact that the outtakes are on a YouTube channel and critiques ad culture out the gate by giving us the jeans ad. A lot of the ads have a similar vibe to the black and white brand consultant sketch. Jeans is definitely funny, but if you're going for making fun of progressive advertising, the direction he wound up going is definitely funnier. So this is just a case of something was better. But I love it, as a YouTube ad. Just to save time, since it was filmed around the same time based on Bo's hair, apply the same notes to the camera ad sketch that comes up later on. 
Next, we get Little Joke Song that comes in to introduce the Moist rant. And like, listen, I personally think the Moist rant could have easily been plugged into Inside. It's the kind of non-sequitur followed up by an out-of-nowhere absurdist progressive gut punch that Inside it is littered with. And if I'm right, it was probably intended to be around where we got the can everyone just shut the fuck up, stand up bit. And I mean, I get it. The shut the fuck up bit is broader and definitely more jarring than if you say your least favorite word is moist, I hate you. So I think he made the right call overall, but moist is really fucking solid. Okay, now for some light blasphemy. Of all the songs in the outtakes, Five Years is the first one we get that is fully realized. It's fully edited, has an accompanying music video, and has become the biggest sensation on the social medias and whatnot. And for good reason! It's funny, it's a better Drake song than any other Drake song he wrote. And so naturally, a lot of fans have had the sentiment of, wow, I can't believe he sat on this bop for an entire year, or why wasn't this in inside? And I'll tell you the reason why. It doesn't fucking fit. I love Five Years, but it works so much better as a standalone track than as a part of a larger special. Bo's hair is exactly where it was when he does sexting, and the lighting is also incredibly similar to that song, so we can assume that this is an alternate relationship type song, but he picked sexting. Why? For one, Five Years is about a relationship. A relationship where he is with someone in the same house during the special. Nothing in Inside has that. All of his communication is done via phone, which he then uses as a kind of villain for the remainder of the special. If he's with somebody, even if that somebody steals his dumpling and refuses to kill spiders, the illusion that Bo is suffering through the pandemic alone and making this special to keep himself from himself is utterly shattered. Five years not only doesn't work for Inside, but it also would have ruined Inside's thesis. Next, we get Bo talking to his mirror about how hard it is to be funny without an audience. This looks to be pretty early in the special, maybe on the time he was filming intros to FaceTime with my mom. And yeah, that makes some kind of sense for the special, but that sentiment definitely works as something you bring up later, which he does during Goodbye in Inside. Not really something to pull out early in the first act. The podcast sketch absolutely fits the theming of Inside, but it attacks a topic that Inside wasn't as all in on. This is more similar to something you'd expect from maybe his earlier specials. Bo loves to take shots at comedians and the nature of performing, but that wasn't his huge focus during Inside. So taking a shot at the likes of Joe Rogan, while important, wasn't really essential to the flow of Inside. What was a bigger focus was the exhaustion of creating content. So Bo shows us Be Yourself, which introduces the hypocrisy of telling creators who want to succeed to be themselves. It's funny, but didn't really feel like a totally finished bit. Compare that sketch to the Knife sketch, for example, in Inside. Knife has a weirdly threatening vibe and directly parodies creators on YouTube, whereas Be Yourself is a little too on the nose. Always go for weird subtlety. The 2020 election wasn't discussed during Inside, but you could probably take a wild guess at where Bo's politics land based on 
the whole damn thing. Despite all that, we have this 45 second banger called Biden where Bo expresses frustration with being forced to vote for Joe Biden. It's good. I think it would have fit fine in the special. I think the main issue is timing. Having a song that tells you the audience are dreading voting for Biden removes an element of timelessness from the special. And honestly, Bezos 1 is the better song and targets a more influential guy. You can't have too many similar things in one special. Pick your stronger jam. But that being said, God, how is the best case scenario, Joe Biden? Bo calls his next chat to the audience, YouTube Kid, where he tells us how his old material makes him cringe and how getting into the comedy scene robbed him of some empathy and was even borderline invasive. It's part apology, part explanation. I think it's nice. It's refreshing when a comedian takes ownership of their past mistakes and tries to move on from them in a genuine way. This was clearly meant to be the intro to Problematic, a song where Bo takes on the pseudo-apologetic nature we saw so often in shitty YouTubers and comics. And inside, we got was just Bo staring at an old YouTube clip of himself in silence with a dramatic hum in the background. I like that better. It's less rambling and lets Problematic speak for itself. Better move ultimately, but glad to have this clip. I have no idea where Spider was supposed to go. No hints, no similarities to anything else. I think artists just like fucking around and making weird shit that they know they're not ever gonna use. That's Spider. It's just weird shit. Love it. A shirtless Bo Burnham starts talking about the future in a clip called Now. And yeah, this was clearly an unfinished thought he wound up thinking better of. May have been an early version of the digital space monologue near the end of Inside, but uh... Did y'all see that Cole's ad? It's dark shit. This isn't a joke, it's another zoom in on Bo's face where he, uh, doesn't really say much of anything. Just a goofy little song about not thinking of anything. I think this was gonna be an Act 1 track because he mentions being 29, so he at the very least would have had to put it out before 30. It's a little unhinged and likely would have fit better in Act 2, which he obviously couldn't do because he said his age! Just another goofy-ass track that doesn't really say much or add any real statements or thesis to the special, but it is very funny. I'll keep the drone scene critique short. Uh, drone was cut because Bo didn't wind up using any drone footage in the special. The monologue is over, just the longer version of the maybe I'll never finish this voiceover we got during Inside. I think the nature of Bo, what he wanted to say, just got simplified as time went on. So, good call on not including this scene. Bo is doing another YouTube parody with Perfect Peanut Butter Sandwich, which, if it were included, would probably just lean a little too far on the too much side. After things like Knife and the Reacting to Myself bits and Inside, this one probably would have paled in comparison, so best to leave it on the cutting room floor. Next, we get The Dump, which is Bo Burnham playing himself, interviewing all the creative team of Inside, which is just himself in eight other boxes. It looks like the Brady Bunch with a bunch of different Bo Burnham personas. It's a, it takes on celebrity interview culture and fake wokeness. It's, uh, well, it sure is there, and for a while. <laughs> I'm not nuts about this joke. It drags on for a while, doesn't really fit the isolation themes of Inside, and quite frankly, the reacting to myself bit covers the topic better. Plus, Bo spends a lot of time poking fun at his whiteness from the get-go, so this probably would have been overkill. 
In the next scene, while under a black light, Bo takes another swing at content creators. But the issue with this one is the critique gets lost in the delivery. After having so many good jabs at content creator culture in Inside, we can see how many just okay ideas he had to work past to land at those good critiques. What's in this scene gets covered by Inside of the Game, That Funny Feeling, and All Eyes on Me, all of which are cornerstones of the special, whereas this rant I don't think could have bore that weight of those critiques. We get to see a lot of alternate takes of All Eyes on Me. I don't think I gotta tell you that the one he went with is superior. It won the Grammy. Moving on. And that brings us to the end of the outtake special. And the last song that I want to talk about with you is The Chicken. I've seen it all with this song on social media. People are loving this track. It's emotional, it's poignant, and a lot of people have the sentiment of, wow, I can't believe a song about a chicken made me cry. And uh, like with five years, they're asking the question, why leave this out of the special if it was so damn good? And I think the solution and the answer to that question is pretty obvious. And I'm gonna be a little bit blasphemous here again, but the chicken, much like five years, does not fit in the special. At the top of the track, Bo explained to the audience that he was intending this to be following the song Goodbye in Inside. He says the sentence, I know that last song should have sounded like it was going to be the last song, but this is really the last song. Bo's wearing all white, the whole room is in all white, it's this really nice muted approach to the track. But the chicken isn't about really anything that Inside's about. It's about the chicken who crossed the road and giving her a character and empathy and giving her a story that a lot of people can relate to. Wanting to follow your dreams but feeling stuck and then going out into the world and it's cruel but you have to have hope and all this stuff. And while it is a good finishing track, it's not a good finishing track to Inside. Inside is about the opposite of all of those things. It's a little bit darker, it's isolating, and The Chicken is the one song where Bo isn't singing in the first person. It's not a great fit for the special, and I hate saying that, I love The Chicken, but the simple fact of the matter is, is it just doesn't match anything that's going on. And if it was included in the special, it'd be a weird bookend to something that was about never leaving your house. You know? While the chicken does leave the house in her song, I don't think that would have been the right approach. I don't think ending inside on a positive note was the way to go. Think of it this way, at the very end of Inside, the actual special, after goodbye, we have that shot of Bo finally leaving the house, seeing everyone, and then turning back around to let himself back inside. It's almost like Plato's allegory of the cave, where he's been trapped inside for so long and only having a passing familiarity with reality, that he does finally leave the cave, he just wants to go back inside, back to what was comfortable, back to what he knew. I think that's a lot more realistic than what we get from the chicken. The chicken is about leaving and hoping for the best, whereas inside ends on leaving and oh my god, everything is bad there too. And I think that's the stronger message. Sometimes ending on hope is disingenuous, and I think the chicken 
is disingenuous. And that's why it didn't end up making it. But I'm glad we finally have this song. Maybe we need an iota of hope as we go into the final stages, or who knows, the forever stages of what is turning out to be a forever pandemic. Then happen next, but most think she died. But I think we ought to believe that she got to the other side. So that's why she did it. Those are the outtakes of Inside. A lot of them are very good, as you can hear and see. And I hope this brings some clarity as to why artists may cut something out of a special that you thought was going to be so good. I think the main thing is, again, the outtakes don't fit all the way thoroughly in Inside. And everything in this hour-long special that was taken out was for good reason. Thank you so much for listening. I love outtakes. I love Bo Burnham. It was fun to get to dissect these and really analyze them and kind of fit the puzzle pieces together for where they might go. And with that being said, I'm taking a break from Bo Burnham for like a month. I've been watching these specials back to back on loop all week. I need a vacation. A person can only watch the sad man be sad in a funny way for so long until it starts to affect his own mental health. Jesus Christ! Jesus Christ!